The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Welcome once again to a Camp from the Radio, the official League Big Apricon. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. With me in the studio, I have a filmmaker and friend of the show, and also a second producer of the show, Mr. Lee Klinsky. Hello, everyone. And do we have a sign on the phone? We do not have a sign on the phone. Oh, yeah. Oh, us in the studio. All right. <laughs> we have you. No, I think Hassan's calling okay, in right now. On. Is Hassan calling in right now? Hassan's calling in. And that's Hassan calling in right now. The man on the inside. Hassan, say hi, Hassan. Hello, Hassan. <laughs> Perfect timing. Just like clockwork. So on this week's show, we're going to have another Chris Wolseley's Chris Picks for Chicken Soup of the Soul. We have another J. Vernon Lee segment, which you know, that's, that's Lee right here. We have a Comic Insider segment. And at the Trek Long Island, uh, senior correspondent Charlie Saladino interviews Robin Curtis. But before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. It's Morphin' Time! The news is brought to you in part by fine folks of sci-fi.radio, that's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. As well as the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, which we are the official radio show of, celebrating over 25, 6, 7 years of compliments and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. The next convention is scheduled for uh, December the 16th. It is the Big Apple Christmas Con. I believe tickets are on sale now, probably. Also, I want to mention that we have our live show, courtesy of the East Middle Public Library, and that's going to be on September the 13th. We have a haunted... Fair Crater. I guess they, are they called Haunt Fair Craters? Where they the haunt? Haunted Fair. Well, you know the, when you go to the haunt, the, the person in charge of the haunt. Oh, okay. Yeah. The creator. Oh, creator. Yeah, yeah. Right. I you said Crater for a second. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, Creator. Yeah. So um, that would be um, Aiden. I know I have it. Ah, here we go. Aiden Finnegan of Dark Knight Halloween World will be at the public library on uh, Wednesday, September the thirteenth, and he will be giving away two passes to his haunt. To somebody in attendance, and it's a free show to be part of that. Also, I want to give out shout outs for our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grillo, Water Wing Director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Cortez, New State Famous Visit Media, Unchikun, Shadow Rabbit Art, Yasmin Array, Rosa, and the Huracan. You want to have your own little shout out? Go to our website, www.campanera.com. There's a button on there that takes you right to our Patreon page, and just read all of them. You can get a shout out on our show. Also, on the came from the radio site, there is my book. It's called Designated. It is a story, 30 years in the making, about two warring alien races fighting over a new power source. The war finds its way to the planet Earth, and as a result, certain uh, humans gain abilities. Uh, ticket, uh, tickets, uh, you can buy the book right now. It would be greatly appreciated. And finally, would you want to read our, our copy we have? You want to read it out? Oh, Just read it out. Mike Carbo's first annual pop-up garage sale, Labor Day weekend, Friday 9-2 to Sunday 9-4, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. At 9419 71st Avenue, corner of LaBeau Street, Forest Hills, New York. Comic books, sports cards, non-sports cards, toys, pulps, pulps, art, records, graphic novels, everything collectible. This is my personal wholesale sock collectors and dealers. Welcome 
collectors and dealers welcome. <laughs> welcome, it, collectors and dealers. Make sure you come to our show. It will rock, okay? Yeah, what's the more information? Yeah. Oh, yeah. More okay. information. With the phone number is 201-892-1212. And it is mikecarbo at gmail.com. All right, thank you very much. So make sure you guys go check that out. So, um, we're going to start. And with... breathe. <laughs> and breathe, exactly. <laughs> we're, not, we're not ready for that yet. <laughs> and we have uh, Gingerly walking into the studio. It is L Man Jenny Pelley who's getting set up. So while we're going to do that, we'll just start off with these sad news. All right, so um, we have voice actor, comedian, writer, and producer John Michael Hardwick died recently. As of this recording, which is the 20th of August, August, August 20th, 20th, of August, um, 20th yeah. uh, no cause of death has been announced. While John was best known as the voice of Dale Gribble in the animated series King of the Hill, he was also a staff writer, story editor, and producer of the aforementioned series, which ran for 259 episodes from 1997 to 2010 on Fox. Of note, John already pre-recorded some of his dialogue for the new Hulu series, which has been announced as King of the Hill. He was 64. You're a fan of, uh... Oh, he's young. He's very young. Yeah, 64, yeah. Yeah, no, I like King of the Hill. I thought it was a great show. Yeah. How about you, son? You're a fan? I, I enjoyed King of the Hill. I wasn't... I, I couldn't, um... I couldn't keep up with The Simpsons and King of the Hill. I couldn't keep up with primetime cartooning for some reason. So, but I did enjoy it. I don't think I don't have any problem with it, and I think it's sad that that he's been, you know, he's very talented. So, it is too bad. Yeah, no, it was a great show. I thought, you know, Mike Judge, right? Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was awesome. Was it a spinoff? No, that was the original. That was the original. Was King of the Hill? The original. He he also did uh, 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 Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. Oh, right. So everybody. Everybody feels it's kind of a spiritual spin-off, but it's not. It not, has not even close. To do with the other not even close. No. So that's it for the sad news. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with the Game Fun Radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or a product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. My neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio, sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. This is the amazing question, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to the Came From Radio, officially Big Africa. This is your host, Mark Torres speaking. I am here in the studio with none other than um, L Man Jenny Feldy, who's plugging herself in. Say yes, hi. Yes, good day. I just wanted to miss the sad news, so it's perfect timing. And we have our special guest uh, co host today, which is part of the show, who uh, yes. runs the Jay Bird and Lee segment, is also a filmmaker in his own right, Mr. Lee Clinton. Yes, hello, everyone. And we have the man on the side on the phone, Hassan John. Hey, man on the side. <laughs> All right, so let's. <laughs> Yeah, he's a man on the yeah, side. Yeah, I know. He's not on the inside. He's, on the, he's on the outside. He's a man on the inside, inside but he's like the side, so I'm not gonna. Mistress joke. Mistress. Mister. I was going to that. Down the side piece. Yes, I am the show side piece. Is a mister the male version of a mistress? What is the male version of a mistress? Isn't it a. Colon now. Jiggle out. That's what I was going to go with. No, but Jiggle is like running the show. Like, it's different. Jiggle like <laughs> getting paid. Lady of the night. 
You know what? I'm actually happy I don't know the answer to that question. <laughs> right? <laughs> Alright. Um, so, but now for the regular news. So, let's see. From the uh, One Strike and You're Out follow-up department. Um, as of this recording, we are on day 111 of the writer's strike and day 37 of the actor's strike with no end in sight. Uh, actually, we have a filmmaker and another filmmaker uh, right here. Yeah, and you so, know what stinks the most about that? What? You know what's worse about that? It, it means that you were right in your prediction. <laughs> oh, yeah, he said this was going to last an extra long time, yeah. So, and that uh, bothers me. Every time I have to say Mark is right, it just it bugs me. It, it ruins my entire evening. <laughs> So, Lee, well, what, what are your thoughts on the whole strike? Since you're here, filmmaker, yeah, are you on strike? Are you on strike? You already know my thoughts. I'm not on strike. I'm always writing, so, you know, I'm not <laughs> part of the guild, so that's no. okay. Yeah, no, I'm not part of the, the guild. The Lollipop Guild? Not a part of the Lollipop Guild, so. <laughs> this is the WGB It's, you know, it's terrible, <laughs> you know, that they're uh, striking and they don't get paid enough, you know. But, uh, you know, it's just, it seems like that's the way things have gone right like in just in general with jobs so mm -hmm. it's kind of like they just freelance people out all the time right it's like old contract work but you know i do think they deserve residuals and things like that you know? do you do you want to join sag would you do you see benefits to joining sag or do you see more uh problems with it so for you personally yeah i mean for me it would be more of the writers guild so the wga okay. and that okay. would be great because i think I'd be able to get more work for editing screenplays and okay. things like that and possibly get into a writer training, you know, of real, you know, shows that are backed by studios versus mm -hmm. indie films, mm -hmm. you know, and indie TV. You know, so that's, I do think it would benefit, for sure. Okay. Hmm. All right. So, moving on, from the... That's a lot of nuts! The new Barbie film has held on to the number one spot in the domestic box office for a fourth week in a row, pulling in an additional $33 million in ticket sales in its fourth week of release, beating out the new Christopher Nolan film Oppenheimer, which pulled in an additional $18 million in its fourth week of release as well. For those of you keeping track, the Super Mario Bros. movie is still the highest grossing film of this year, with $574.2 million, followed by Barbie with, with $537.3 million. Up note, Barbie is now the record holder for the biggest Warner Brothers movie ever, surpassing The Dark Knight way back in 2008, and now sits at the 16th highest grossing movie of all time, with Super Mario being at number 14. Yeah. That's crazy. Makes sense. So so uh, we Jen had mentioned that she was not surprised the no. success of Barbie. No. I was shocked. Barbie, people have been knowing it for a while, everyone knows of Barbie, girls play with Barbie, a lot of people, the girls want to be Barbie, the guys want to do Barbie, Margot Robbie, uh, it's aesthetically pleasing, there's so many different things that hook people in to buy tickets, it's like, of course, it's almost like a paint by number of how to get people to buy tickets, to me, in my view. Did you think it was going to be big early? I didn't know if it was going to be big. I mean, I thought, yeah, Margot Robbie, obviously. All right, did you go see it? I did not see it. Okay, but, see, so Margot yeah. Robbie was not enough for him to go. But yeah, I'm not a Barbie person, so... I mean, <laughs> yeah, neither am I. Yeah, so I don't know if it was a G.I. Joe thing, maybe. <laughs> you know, but no, I didn't see it. I, I mean, I think she is the first woman director to get over a billion dollars. Right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, wow. yeah. so that, that's pretty much amazing, <laughs> you know, as far as yeah. I'm concerned. And I think, you know... Ryan Gosling, maybe I would have gotten some now. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hassan, were you surprised how, how well it's doing? How big it is? Uh, sort of. I, it, it, um, 
a lot of people were predicting it was going to do really well, but they had been doing that all summer with all you know with a ton of movies that actually didn't do very well. Mm-hmm. So I thought it might get caught up in that, and there was going to be like this weird uh, box office phenomenon where everything, all the indicators point to something great, and then something terrible happens. But it just kind of broke that, so it it it, it makes the focus more on the the budgets of some of these movies, right? And uh, and in the strange uh, uh, logic of putting all of them in June for some reason, <laughs> where Barbie came out in in August and and destroyed everything. So you know, it seems like maybe you should spread movies out if you're going to spend that much money on them. Yeah. Um. I was I was I was kind of I was hoping it would do really well, but I was skeptical because everyone was almost certain it was going to do really well, and when everybody's sure something's going to do well, it it usually doesn't. Uh-huh. So moving on from the, I guess there's a record for everything department. None other than the Guinness Book. How of many? How many people are in that department? There's like there's, two. There's, uh, there's like two guys. There's two people. Who, okay. Who is right. it? We know it's, their names. It's Frank and Ed. Oh. <laughs> um, none other than the Guinness Book of World Records has given Bob Bertal the record for world's largest collection of comic books. At over 138,000 unique comic books he owns, wow. not counting any duplicates, beating out the previous record holder, which was himself in 2015, with just 101,822 unique comics. It seems that Bob has been collecting comics ever since 1970, starting with Amazing Spider-Man number 88, and estimates that he reads 100 new comics books per month. Bob says, I want books that I can read because I enjoy the stories and I enjoy the characters. My main advice is find something that you'll enjoy reading. Of note, uh, Bob was also on season 13 of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, although he only left with $1,000, and that was in 2014. Yeah. Can we, can we, wait, can we get a quote from his girlfriend? I know this uh, Wait. All right. No, okay, I got it, I got it, all right. That took me a second. I got your joke, Hassan. You know this guy, Jen? Yeah, I know this guy because a long time ago, well, I, I met him, and in his childhood, a teacher told him that he was illiterate and he couldn't read. So to prove her wrong, he got at least 101,000 comic books to prove that he could read. Because, you know, why would someone hold books in their hands if they're illiterate? As soon as you said the teacher, I was like, nope, nope, not buying this one. I am not buying this one at all. What do you think about it? 138,000 unique books. None of us have anything intellectual to add to that story. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, it's so apparently he has a room of just comic just books, and he has like a garage with like the, the not valuable comics, uh, and then he has like a whole like display thing. Like there's, a, there's an article about right. him, you go and look him up in the Guinness Book of World Records. It's just crazy that that's a record. I can't believe that that's a record. That's what gets me the most. Like somebody said, yeah. I'm going to have a record. having the most comic books. I can't believe that's a record. Why not? Maybe you could do one for like Yeah, but that's your claim to fame. Yeah, that's the problem. Too many people say why not. we got to ask why. something. Why not? Why not? Why not get you in trouble? Instead of ask why. And also, you know the movie The Secret Lives of Pets? I feel like they should do The Secret Lives of Comic Books. And the comic books in the garage, or, you know, they're not as special. They get bad, and maybe they... 
get together for a coup and they go into the interior of the main house and they, you know they do still eat comic books perhaps I don't know. just a, just the idea for a movie. They jump out of the boxes and sleeves and run around. Yeah. People do weird things when they don't feel special. Moving on. From the is it real or is it Memorex follow-up department? None other than Kickstarter, which is the biggest crowdfunding site for comics, has announced their AI policy. Take care to say, to be clear, our policy does not ban the use of AI in Kickstarter projects. However, we want to make sure that the projects that is funded through Kickstarter includes human creative input and properly credits and obtains permission for any artist's work that it references. To be allowed on Kickstarter, Projects utilizing AI tools for generating images, text, and or output must disclose relevant details and a project page. This includes the information about the creator plus the use of AI content in their project. So basically, they have to say where they got the AI information from. And as we all know, the AI, when you use AI, it just pulls it from random places. So there's no, if you don't know where it comes from. Footnotes or anything. Yeah. So, um, the creator will be asked to share their project uses of AI technology to generate outputs. If the project's uh, primary focus is developing a generated use of AI technology or if it involves another use of AI, we'll also ask whether the creator has consent from the owners of the works that are used in the AI generated portion of the project. And since they can't say that they have the ability and get the owners uh, okay, then obviously they can't use it. So, they're banning it, but they're not banning it at the same time. So they're not outright right saying that they're banning it, but they have to have the people say where they got the AI images from. Yeah, the parameters, the right. parameters are, are near impossible right. for them to be able yeah. to do it properly. So this is a case of them having their wanting their cake and eating it too, because you, you know, they're not gonna make a stand against it, but because of the the hoops and, and hoopla to get there, you really can't do an AI project. That's crazy. Good for them. Yeah. I mean, it's it's good. I mean, if you think about it, I, I tried to generate some AI with uh, an image of Johnny Cash, and it was the weirdest looking thing ever. <laughs> and that's because like my son's such a big Johnny Cash fan, so I was like, all right, let me try to get a cool image of him, and you know, because they, they always have like only a certain amount of images from the guy. Right. Just kind of like, oh, this is just terrible. He's got like a crazy bouffant and stuff. And you're just like, I don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> Yeah, but he's like, you know, I'm like, oh, make an image of Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson together, and it was just like totally fake. Were they were they together work. together like no. merged together into one blob of a person? <laughs> they were like laid on top of each other. In a way. It was weird. I mean, they were next to each other, but it oh. was you know. just one nose. <laughs> just. <laughs> uh, all right. How so. would you regulate AI? I, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how to so do that's, it. So that's the whole I don't thing. Think you, can. You, you really can't. That's that's you can't the thing. Find out what they're using or what they're correct. sampling from. So correct. correct. You can't. Okay. I mean. Okay, there is a way because the, um, the the company can't say where they're pulling data from, oh. and then they'd be able to, to backtrack to that. I guess. Yeah, but, but they, that's but not that's 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 in no way an right. exact science. I don't think you can determine where AI pulls data from, though. Well, can you? The, it can only get it from certain places. Well, so certain mm -hmm. programs can get it from certain places, which most of it is quote unquote oh, the okay. internet. Yeah. And they're like, you know, I use Google or I use this, so that's see, it's so, unlimited. Then. Yeah, like data scientists kind of put the content into the system, so okay. wherever they grab it from, they put it in, and then okay. that's kind of the reference point. So that's why I think they're also afraid of it being like mm -hmm. biased because of whoever's putting it in. Right. Um, certain 
thought pattern, and that can yeah. kind of mess up the way the actual content comes out. Yeah. Wow, I don't know. It's crazy. It's really crazy. I don't know. I'm stumped. I'm stumped with the strike. I'm stumped <laughs> with the WGA. I'm stumped with the AI. And I got an answer for everything. You know that. All right, so let's so see. If I, don't, if I don't have an answer, <laughs> I think we're all going to be striked and AI confused for a long time. All right, let's, let's see if you have an answer for this one. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> From the the crime doesn't pay department. Okay. None other. How many people are in that department? <laughs> I'm doing an audit. I'm it's auditing. Two. <laughs> two people. Two. James <laughs> and Frederick. Okay. Ask him next week who's in that department. See if the one thing is healthy, and I don't want to go to Chelsea. Okay, I get you. Um, I get you. None other than 35-year-old correctional officer Josh Dale Hardy, shortly after finishing his shift, was caught stealing. Okay. About two hundred dollars worth of Pokemon cards from a nearby Walmart. Okay. It turns out oh, that it. while still wearing his uniform with his shirt turned inside out for some reason, he just started opening packs of cards and put them into his pockets. After wow. being confronted by Walmart security, Josh fled the scene only to be caught shortly thereafter when the cops gave chase and Josh was arrested with the cards in his possession. Oh, uh, John has since been fired from the county jail. <laughs> the facility <laughs> of the jail says. This is not a reflection of other correctional officers that are dedicated to the sheriff's office and working with honor and respect. I am deeply embarrassed and infuriated by the actions of this one person that has brought dishonor to that and we're supposed to be the extended family. Okay. So what do you got, Jen? Yeah, okay, so this sure. makes sense. So. Oh, wait, you got something. Yeah, so, you know, um, there's all this word on the street that we have spies from Russia infiltrating the universities to then uh, dispel information to the youth. So now they're also infiltrating possibly uh, the police force just to make people dumb and, and to get people to have more uh, anti-police sentiment. So, you know, so of course, you know, you're going to have all these spies from Russia coming in and pretend to be police officers and doing stupid stuff. I mean, that's so of course what's going to happen. So it was a spy that stole the Pokemon cards. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, technically. <laughs> you know, they, they, they come here at young ages and they work on the setups for years. All so right. This was probably years in the making. <laughs> Lee, what do you got? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a huge Pokemon fan. <laughs> He's so much not a fan, he called it Pokemon. <laughs> I know. It's like, oh, it's like my dad. <laughs> I know Pikachu. I know Pikachu, I guess, right? <laughs> Are those cards really worth anything these some days? Of them, some of them are thousands of dollars. The ones currently in the stores. According to him. Yeah. Right, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, like, I mean, so if, if you're in a specialty store, but not like at Walmart, you're not going to get it. Yeah, Walmart's not gonna. Walmart doesn't have the goods. No. <laughs> I guess we're not gonna get back by Walmart, sorry. Hassan, what do you got? There's a mechanism in your body that tells you not to do something stupid, mm. and it goes off. Mm -mm. And, um, yeah, like I, one time I really wanted an iPod, like a long, 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 long time ago, and I went into uh, Best Buy, and a guy handed me an iPod, mm. and he said, yeah, this is what it looks like, and this is where you pick them up from, this is how much it costs, and I just could have just turned around and ran right out of the place, but I have the mechanism that right. stops you from doing things like that, just because. Because and you don't work don't in a collection that, facility? <laughs> yes, because because of a number of things. Because I don't want I don't want to get I don't want to go to jail because of an iPod. I don't want you a number of things that go off. Well, so sometimes people who who don't have that mechanism are like, well, it's right here. Yeah. And my pockets are right here. Correct. And why not? 
But he already works in jail. Like, wouldn't he know <laughs> not to, like, All these guys are in jail for something. Well, and unlike Hassan, the 96%, he might be part of the 4%, which is a sociopath. Highly recommend reading or listening to the sociopath next door, and uh, you can find out, too, why you'd have no remorse or conscience. So he's a Russian spy. Know, That's the psychopath. Sociopath, very oh, so so common. Hard, huh? yeah. yeah, maybe psychopath too. We don't know. All right, so we got one last. Maybe bit he hit his head. <laughs> that too. <Could> be. <laughs> we have one last bit of news before we We talked to Doctor Eamon. You know, you hit your head, or you do a lot of crazy things. Also, from the crime doesn't pay department. None other than thirty-five-year-old <laughs> James Dobbin Weir. That's the name Weir was arrested recently in the theft of more than $13,000 of comics after he was caught selling other books to retailers in the area. James is charged with second-degree burglary, theft, criminal mischief, two counts of criminal violation under uh, persecution order, and a misdemeanor. According to a week after the burglary, James contacted two comic book stores in the area, and according to reports, the two store owners um, would, he told the store owners about a story that his sister's husband had died, and he was trying to sell the books. Wow. After buying the books, the store owner was like, hey, these books are stolen, and he contacted the cops. And he went to a second store, and the same thing happened with the same story, and they were like, hey, he sold uh, these books. So then wow. um, he was uh, they, he sold uh, eight books and ten books, and both store owners identified the guy, and they arrested him. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so why would you, all right, these books are all, like, valuable. Yeah. And people know how many there are out there. Why would you go to another store and try to sell them at another store? That's my logic. Why would you do that? Why do people uh, steal and sell everything, you know? Uh, and also, we know the guy's dumb because he picked, he did the whole, oh, someone died, you know, and a lot of idiots and pieces of garbage will say, oh, my grandma died, my mom died, you know, cancel, cancel, bad things put in the universe. Okay. And, she's, and he's using the excuse that someone died. So anyone comes to you saying, oh, doo -doo -doo, someone's died, someone's sick. I was five minutes late. Did I come in with an excuse? No, because I'm a decent person. Nobody died. Nobody was sick. I was late. End of story. All right. Lee, what do you got? He had a lot of books, so he's trying to figure out how to sell them, right? You know? Yeah. <laughs> how do you offload them, you know? <laughs> Is the guy internet savvy? I don't know. Right. You know? I mean, it seems like he had to figure out where to go with these things. So we're almost out of time. So, uh, Hassan, you have a final thought? You know what my final thought is. <laughs> All right. So, Lee, do you have a final thought? Uh, happy National Radio Day. Oh, oh, there you go. Take responsibility for Take everything that happens to you and uh, to other people <laughs> that you're involved. You know what? I I, right. I disagree. I say take no responsibility ever. <laughs> well, then you might be a sociopath. <laughs> so, <laughs> no might. So that's it for us on this new segment. Everybody who's listening to us live, or we'll catch you next week. For everybody else, stay tuned for more. It came from the radio. Hello, this is Carrie Hoskins. I play Sonya Blade in Mortal Kombat. You are listening to It Came From The Radio. What is up, everyone? It has been a week, which means only one thing. It is time for the Comic Insider to rip into yet another book and tell you everything that I found inside there. Today's book is Cinderella vs. The Queen of Hearts Part 2, second issue of three 
This one is titled Off With Her Face. This book was written by David Francini, artwork by Jordi Tarragona, colors by Robbie Beverd, and letters by Taylor Esposito. This book was produced by Xenoscope Comics. In the hospital, after her disastrous duel to the death with the Queen of Hearts, Cinderella draws up a pretty accurate cartoon-esque diagram of the entirety of the first issue and hands it to the cops to explain to them that she doesn't need to be in custody, that she didn't blow up the warehouse herself, that she was just trying to kill the Queen of Hearts and her warehouse blew up on its own. The cops, of course, took this as a full confession on Cinderella's part and informed her basically that you're going to jail for, for good for quite a long time, which vexes and confuses Cinderella because she didn't, he had not intended to confess she just wanted to get out of the hospital. We are picking the story up the day after the, the events of the first issue. Cinderella's in the hospital, handcuffed to the bed. We find that the Queen of Hearts is also in the same hospital. She is in another room. The two cops leave Cinderella after Cinderella's confession to set the Queen of Hearts free. She's free to go. The other girl just confessed, so don't you worry about it. But in the midst of one of the two cops gets a phone call and realizes that uh, both these girls are now marked for death by Leaf Industries. And instead of freeing the Queen of Hearts, they just leave her handcuffed to the bed and the two cops walk out of her hospital room and subsequently out of the comic book. So the Queen of Hearts is not dumb. She realizes these are bad portends for the future. She goes about a plan to get out of there. Cinderella and the Queen of Hearts can hear each other through the wall because they're one room away from each other. And so they get into another bickering argument. The Queen of Hearts being way more with it than Cinderella. She's uh, pretty denigrating to Cinderella because uh, Cinderella's brain doesn't seem to work the way normal people's brains work. This angers Cinderella, so she escapes her room and kills the guards intent on finishing the job that she started by killing the Queen of Hearts. She gets into the Queen of Hearts hospital room, discovers the Queen of Hearts, has picked the locks of her handcuffs and has escaped. And again, they go at it one-on-one. -on -one. In the meantime, Pearl and two cyborgs from Leaf Industries land on the hospital roof via high-tech drones intent on killing both Cinderella and the Queen of Hearts. Of course, oblivious to this, the Queen of Hearts and Cinderella are in the middle of their own life and death struggle. And then the hospital lights go out, and they realize that someone may be up to no good. Cinderella 2, again, this was a lot of fun. This was, you know, crazy. It, it does stretch on a little bit. I will say that the 32 pages of watching Cinderella not get with the program, not quite understand the fullness of her surroundings or the truth of her circumstances can get a little grating. Also, Queen of Hearts' reaction to her, typical reaction every time Cinderella says something crazy, Queen of Hearts is like, seriously? Really? Did you just do that? Did you just say that? Did you? And so that exact reaction to every kind of kooky thing that Cinderella does can get repetitious because Cinderella is off the hook. She's she's off her hinge. She's not in her right mind, let's just say. She's got her own unique outlook on things and she's got her own way of doing things and it doesn't jive with a lot of normal people. And the Queen of Hearts, though she is also prone to violence and, and a very skilled superhero, she is the closest thing we have in the story to a normal perspective in comparison to Cinderella. And so her reactions can get a little repetitious. And that's really the only criticism I'll give. It's, again, just like the first one, it's a roller coaster ride. It won't slow down. It starts off in the hospital, gets violent, stays violent, stays crazy. 
all the way up to the end, which is another pretty awesome cliffhanger. So I ran right into reading issue three, which I also will review. So that about does it from the comic book inside the archaeological excavator of funny book magazines. I will be back next week with yet another book. Remember, books are great, movies are better, but comic books are perfect. Read a book, watch a movie, share a comic book, and then while you're sharing that comic book, read another comic book. It's pretty much no-brainer. All right, take it easy. Ever wanted to enter the world of comics but didn't know where to start? Worry not, true believers. We at the Comic Book School may just have the answer to your questions. Created by comics veteran Buddy Scalera, the Comic Book School is a free online educational resource that helps rising creators learn the craft and business of making comics through resources like forums, interviews, publication opportunities, publisher guidelines, and step-by-step -step blog posts. For more info, please visit our site at www.comicbookschool.com. Be sure to join our forums and follow us on social media while you're there. We'll see you on the message boards. Now, back to our show. Hey, it came from the radio fans. It's Chris Woolsey, the king of streaming, here to tell you what is hot on Redbox this month. Well, we've got some great star-studded titles this month. Uh, a lot of thrillers, a lot of action. Um, one of my all-time favorite movies, the 1995 caper classic, The Usual Suspects. I mean, you do not get much more uh, star-studded than this film. We've got Gabriel Byrne, Kevin Pollack, Benicio Del Toro, Chaz Palminteri, Stephen Baldwin, Kevin Spacey, incredible cast, some of their best performances ever. Um, it's, you know, it, it, it doesn't get much better than Kaiser Soze. It's just a great film. I'm not going to spoil the twist for you because I'm not that guy, but let's be honest, the film's been out for over 25 years now so if you haven't watched it at this point it's really on you but uh just an amazing film you definitely have to check that one out we've also got uh flashpoint which is a great uh example of chinese action films uh directed by wilson yip who also directed it man and it's starring donnie yen uh, also from Ip Man, um, he was the the blind ninja in Rogue One and just recently did John Wick 4. Uh, in, in my opinion, he is one of the greatest uh, cinematic martial artists of all time. Um, this is an outstanding film. You know, he plays a rogue cop who doesn't play by the rules, and it's just super fun. Donnie Yen does some stunts in this thing that you, you just... Can't, it's like the first time you watch Jackie Chan and you go, okay, clearly there's no way this guy did these stunts himself and didn't get killed. Uh, same thing with Donnie Yen. The fight choreography in this movie is incredible. It is great. Check it out. Uh, we've also got uh, Basic Instinct 2, uh, the sequel that not a lot of people know about, that there actually was a Basic Instinct 2. It's also written by Joe Esterhaus. And um, it's fantastic. It's also starring Sharon Stone. I mean, they, they got the whole band back together again. Um, and this time there's another murder. And she is uh, being analyzed by David Morrissey, who you might know from The Walking Dead, who plays a court psychiatrist who is trying to um, take a look inside of Sharon Stone's mind and see if uh, she could be sane to stand trial. It's, it's a great film. Of course, he gets pulled into her spider web. Really, really good stuff. Um, White Bird in a Blizzard. 
this is Shailene Woodley from Big Little Lies, Eva Green from Casino Royale, who is brilliant in this film. Um, Eva Green plays uh, Shailene's mom, and um, she's they have a very tough relationship. Uh, Shailene Woodley's character is coming of age. She's a teenager, 15 years old. Um, kind of exploring her sexuality and Eva Green plays this very unhinged mother who disappears one day and sort of as the story unfolds you have to figure out who is it what happened to mom did 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 mom take her own life did she run off to start a new one Um, if she didn't who uh ended up getting rid of mom was it dad was it the neighbor boy um it's really good if you like mysteries uh white bird and blizzard is fantastic i highly recommend it if you're looking for thrillers uh the ones below oh my gosh this is a great film uh clemens posey from tenet and in bruges who i adore uh Again, David Morrissey from The Walking Dead. He's all over it this month. Um, and Stephen Campbell Moore from Season of the Witch. And Clemens Posey uh, plays a young woman, her and her husband, move into an apartment. They're expecting a baby. And the couple downstairs is also expecting a child. So they have a lot in common. So they decide they're going to start hanging out. But little do they know that uh, these couples could not be more different. And... Um, it gets weird. Let's just say that. Uh, fantastic film. The ones below. Check it out. Finally, Two Faces of January. This is probably my favorite this month. Uh, Viggo Mortensen, Kirsten Dunst, Oscar Isaac uh, from The Last Jedi. Uh, great film. Vigo and Kirsten play a couple. They haven't been together all that long. Vigo appears to be hiding something. It's a period piece. Takes place in um, Greece. And um, they're on vacation, and while they're there, a event happens that I won't spoil for you. Secrets are spilled, and um, maybe some blood as well. But really taut, great period thriller, uh, Two Faces of January. I highly recommend it. Um, again, these are all on Redbox. You can download the Redbox app from your favorite app store, watch on your mobile, your tablet, your connected TV. As always, thank you so much. It came from the radio audience. This is Chris Woolsey, the king of streaming, and uh, I look forward to letting you know what's coming on Redbox next month. Bye-bye. Hello, friends. This is Ranger Rob, and I'd like to talk to you about dog poop. That's right, dog poop. I invented Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags, a very large bag with handles. My bags support large and small dogs and smell like lemon. They are strong and affordable. You can find Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags at Amazon. They come in sheets or in rolls and come with a dispenser. Once you try Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags, you'll never want to go back. So come join us. Go to Amazon and try Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags today. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jaybird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today we're going to talk about the new Indiana Jones movie. The Dial of Destiny. <laughs> yep. What? What's so funny? You guys are like always giggling. I don't know. Because <laughs> Riley started laughing when we first started the show. Oh, well, you're allowed to laugh once in a while. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, so we are on part five of Indiana Jones. Okay, what did we think? Part five? Yeah, part yeah, five. Yeah, it's five. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ra- okay. Raiders of the Lost Ark, Temple of Doom, Last Crusade, Crystal Skull, 
and uh, what was the last one? Dial. The Dial of, of Destiny. Destiny. Someone's uh, Indiana Jones nerd. What do you mean? I just know the movies. You've just been exactly. watching them all, actually, right? Yeah. When did, oh, recently? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you just caught not the fourth Jones. one because I did not like that. No, you didn't like the first fourth one on the first time you saw it, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. So, what did you think of the Dial of Destiny? It was good, but I feel like it just took a while in the beginning. I mean, it was fine. It, uh, I don't know. It was okay. I honestly don't, I didn't love it. I think the best part was when the end started. When the last part of the film started? (laughs) The last part of the film. Yeah, I mean, like, ultimately it wasn't the most, it wasn't the greatest adventure that Indiana Jones has gone on as far as I'm concerned. You know, like, when I first saw the Raiders of the Lost Ark, it was like, this is unbelievable. There's a boulder chasing a guy, and there's snakes, and there's the ra- and there's the uh, the Ark of the Covenant, and this was like all mystery and excitement and stuff like that. And it was kind of like, I think, common knowledge in a way that everybody was brought up in a world where like religion was a big deal, and everything starts in Egypt. This kind of like brings you into a Tangiers and time, right? It brings you into like. Kind of not everybody knows the history of, I think it was Archimedes, right? So that was kind of the the thing. See, it was all like, even though it's based kind of in somewhat real world history, like it's not like everybody knew about it. You know, I think like with the Nazis in, in the third one also, like there was, a, I mean, there's Nazis in every single one of these movies, oh, except for Temple of Doom, right? Yeah, except for that one. Right, so, you know, but I think a lot of the basis is, like, the the mystique, the history melded in with the supernatural. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, I thought it was, it was interesting in some cases, but I don't know, the characters weren't my favorite this time. Yeah, I found them not so great to Indiana Jones as an older man. Yeah. Was, yeah, I didn't like that guy in the beginning, like, that was, like... You know, like that short guy, you know, the guy from Captain America, the scientist guy. Oh, you know, the Shaw was the guy. Yeah, he wasn't the best. I didn't like him. Well, he was like another sidekick in a way. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know, like, and then his daughter, I didn't like either. Just the characters, I I can really like. Very likable. I, I didn't, I didn't like that kid there, the kid with the mustache, kept stealing things. Really, you got a mustache. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> wonder if you're stealing things. Are you stealing things? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. No, but it's like, it's so annoying, because like, I feel like in Temple of Doom, they still have the same guy. Like, that Chinese kid, he kept stealing things, too, from him. Well, I think it was... No, he didn't really steal things from him. Yeah, Short, Short Round did not steal stuff. Short Round was like his assistant. True. This was the assistant... So was, this, this kid was the this assistant was of the girl, and they were both thieves. And that's, I think, the difference. And they weren't really nice to Indy. Yeah, yeah I didn't like that. I did not like no, that. The entire time, they were rude to Indy. And it's just like, he was hel- he was trying to help people. He didn't even do anything bad to them. Like, I don't know why. Well, I guess the, the main thing is, like, what did you like from the film? Because it sounds right. like you don't really like much. I say, I like how they brought the old movies to, like, this, to, the, to this one, like... In uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, they brought the snakes in the movie to, like, when Indiana said, oh, uh, well, when the kid said, uh, well, when there's there eels, eels in the water, he said, oh, they look like snakes, and he's like, snakes? Because he doesn't like snakes. And I also like how they put, like, the bugs from Temple of Doom in there, and there's, like, so many bugs in that movie, but there's also bugs in Temple of Doom. 
Right, there was and there were bugs in this one, yeah. So you can they kind of moved some stuff from the old films into the new into this one. Yeah. But do you? I guess like my thing is like I would have always ran to a Indiana Jones film to the theater. I feel like now it's just not that kind of way. I don't. I think, think I'd walk instead of run. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, yeah. I did like the bad guy, the main bad guy. I did like him. Yes. Um, I didn't I, know how he survived that, like, thing with the... That yeah, just, like... I felt like he, magic. like... I felt like he just, like, twisted his head and he was done. Yeah, no, that was a movie magic. I was surprised there wasn't even... I was expecting, like, there a huge a scar, scar or something, yeah. yeah. I Probably would have made sense. Yeah, but... All know, right, so would you recommend the movie? Um, I'd recommend that you wait till it goes on to one of the streaming services. Okay, what about you? <laughs> uh, you have to watch all four of them to understand it a little bit. No, no I don't, Yeah, some I don't of them. Really think no, so. you don't need to. I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, but, like but it makes sense. Mm. I guess in the, in the whole picture it makes sense. In the whole yeah. picture, yes, but if... Like, I don't... I didn't remember half the Indiana Jones... You didn't need like, to. And I, I understood it. it you, you don't need to know the You entire. don't need to. It was just like throwback references. But all right, anyway... Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected. Bye. Bye, see ya. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. This is Charlie Saladino from It Came From The Radio, and I'm here with Robin Curtis, and I am so honored to be here with her. She is such a wonderful, beautiful lady, and um, so we're going to get into, right, we're going to get into uh, Star Trek right away. First of all, <laughs> before that, how are you? Oh, uh, Charles, I'm, I'm fabulous, thank you. I, in fact, i, I got to tell you, I'm 66 years old, and I have never felt better. And my secret is, are you ready? Go. Pickleball. Pickleball. It's taking the country by storm. It took my heart by storm. My sister-in-law kept trying to get me to play for the last uh, two or three years. She'd, she'd say, Robin, it's almost as good as sex. And I'd be like, no way. And now I say, way. Oh, way. It is such an endorphin dopamine rush because it's this wonderful combination of being outside with other people, the camaraderie between people. And it's the most playful game. You, you you play in pairs and it's this lightweight little ball that makes syncopatic, yeah. you know, fabulous high-pitched sort of noises as it goes across the net between the players. And I, I'm crazy about it. I play as many as two to three times a day. Like, I'm so wow. addicted. I'm, I'm going through withdrawal as we sit here, Charlie. <laughs> I was just totally <laughs> going through withdrawal. No, 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 seriously. I would I would so be on a, on a pickleball court right now for two or three hours. Yeah. And then, excuse me, if we could get a bunch of people again out at four o'clock in the afternoon, I'd, I'd be out again for two oh, hours. My God. Crazy. So I feel fabulous. I got no complaints. I'm so grateful to be on this planet. But the way I was born and, and raised, Charlie, I've always felt that way. Yeah. You know, nobody ever had to tell Robin Curtis to stop and smell the roses. Because I was smelling the roses the whole way. And I thank God it sounded it sounds like you grew up with a similar yes. family family, yes. you know, um, um I was just gonna say we're on the same ethos. Page with that. Yeah, the yes. ethos I grew up with was little things are good. Yeah. 
Be grateful for the beautiful food on your plate. Be grateful that the fork is clean. Be grateful that you've got a bed to sleep in at night with warm covers, you know, and that there's a cool breeze on your on your cheek as you as you fall asleep. My father would put me to bed every night with a kiss in my hand, and he would fold my fingers around around it, the palm, the kiss he put in my palm, and my mother would sing to me every night. Robin is a good girl. Everyone loves Robin. My daddy loves his Robin girl. Mommy loves her Robin. Everyone loves Robin. I mean, every kid should grow up that way, it's, it's right? Love. And it's I wish love. they did. That's I know. It. I got lots of love, baby. Yeah. So I'm a love. I'm a love junkie. Yeah. I give it away. Yeah. To me, to me, it's endless. Yes. My my, I I, I I have several husbands, Charlie. <laughs> and, 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 and since the first one, I married him when I was 30. We were divorced when I was 35. We kept each other. We're now officially brother and sister. And I say to any man I've ever met since, I say to any man I've ever met since, look, he's not negotiable. I can appreciate that you don't like that I'm close to my ex-husband, but, but it's like we worked hard at it. And so we, yeah. we deserve this, this, this familial connection. Yeah. And, and my last partner of 17 years said when, when he met me, he said, Robin, I can see there's enough love to go around. And I'm like, oh my God, you're so smart. I'm glad because I would never make a man, the man in my arms, jealous. That's not my style. You know what I mean? There's nothing to be jealous of. Like I would never make somebody suspect. No games. No games. I'm the opposite of games. I'm probably too TMI. You know, like, like I, you know, I can't hide a thing. I'm so transparent. And you know what? This leads me to Star Trek. Because it has always confounded me. What the hell was Leonard Nimoy thinking? Casting this woman who is so effusive. I mean, I, 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 I get excited about, you know, picking up a piece of lint from the carpet and putting it in the truck. Like, 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 I'm wired for fun and, and emote at every opportunity. And I, you know, I'm leaking from every orifice in my body. And, and I, I don't know how he ever thought containing all of that would be a good idea. But you know what? I think it's because, you know, even containing myself that much to play the character, there was there. People tell me there was still her her inner her inner life was still coming through, and so you could see that Savick was connected to Spock in a very special special way. You could see Savick's. Um, uh, almost heartbreak and disappointment that David would do something so horrible as as to mess with the with the um, Genesis project, um, you know, to do something um, unethical. Uh, so 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 I guess there there was there was logic there <laughs> in Leonard Nimoy's decision making. But I used to think he was either brilliant, and I don't mean to. That's I'm not compl complimenting myself in any way when I say that. Or he was really cruel <laughs> to put me in a in a character that's so stoic and so unemotional when I'm so the opposite of those things. But I guess it worked in the end. You know, at least I hope it did. Yeah, no, it definitely worked. It, it, you were brilliant in that. You're an actress. You you got into the role. It was it was brilliant. And um, you did um, the search for Spock, obviously, and the voyage home. Yeah. And um, my question is, by this time, everybody knew the effect that Star Trek had on the world. Yeah. Um, the old series didn't do well. It did well coming back, and 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 it had a diehard fans that. That grew and grew and grew. Um, so, my my question to you is: your thoughts on this whole Star Trek thing, this whole convention, and it's coming back to Long Island, which we're all thrilled. Your your thoughts on that? Well, we we really have those people back in the late '60s and early '70s who who galvanized to thank. 
who who wrote the letters and pummeled Paramount with their uh, passion and interest in Star Trek and wanting it to be revived, you know, that it came back in movie form. So, so, so I'm tickled pink. I mean, w listen, when I was cast back in 1983, and the and the call first came to my manager's office to, to put me to, that somebody wanted me as a guest, right? Charlie, I was like, who the hell? What the hell am I going to talk about? I'm nothing. I'm I'm nobody. Like like I didn't I didn't understand that I, I just didn't I didn't get it and I and I felt unworthy frankly and then but I went off and I humbly I said yes and off I went and once I gave over to the experience I realized oh this is this is a whole I mean these people are dedicated and they're passionate and they're smart and they're charitable and they do all of this for a good reason this is not crazy fandom you know, it, it stuff, wacky stuff. These are, I, I find without, you know, uh, um, uh, drawing too broad a brushstroke, the Star Trek fandom are some of the most politically astute, philosophically smart, heartwarming, self-deprecating, creative, intelligent people I've ever met. Anybody who espouses Gene Roddenberry's philosophies as a humanist, in infinite differences and infinite combinations and celebrating those things is to me where we need everybody's mindset to go like 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 if only the world if only everybody embraced his philosophies and 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 and, and the stories he tells uh, uh, and 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 the way he supported people connecting and reaching across the abyss past differences to find our commonality Anyway, so I think it, I think it's more relevant now than it's ever been. Thank God, thank God that 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 um, people keep writing good stories to support the franchise. I literally just binged the third season of Picard because everybody said it was so good, and it was. It was. I cried and cried at the end because because there were so many beautiful moments of of, of profound connectivity uh, between the original castmates and and their and their you know in each other. Anyway, so so Charlie, I'm sorry. You can't shut me up when it comes to Star Trek and how. And what a good message it is yes. for the world. So, so I've gone on. You're my perfect interview. I just oh, ask the question you. and you go. And I love that. I run. <laughs> but anyway, we have to wrap it up here, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, tell people where they can get in touch with you, see your work, anything social media. Gosh, well, I, I'm, I'm really not much of a. I'm horrible at, at uh, marketing, so to speak, Charlie. I was as an actress, and, I, and I'm even worse as a realtor. <laughs> but I'm really good at what I do. And if you just Google Robin Curtis, you can find me. I'm on Facebook. I'm on, I think I'm on Instagram. I don't uh, visit there very much. Um, I finally stopped calling Facebook the Facebook. <laughs> Yeah. You know, the Instagram. But anyway, no, no, no. I'm not, I, 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 I'm old, but I'm not, I, you, you know, irrelevant yet. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, thank you, Charlie, oh so much. This thank you so much, Robin. It was a pleasure. And enjoy the convention, and, and we'll see you there. This is Charlie Saladino from It Came From The Radio Live at Trek Long Island. Back to you in the studio, Mark. Hey, guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on breads, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C-K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8000.
This is the amazing question. And you're listening to It Came From The Radio. If you had any honor, you would listen to Sci-Fi.Radio, the sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla! Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on the Came From The Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of this show, tough. go to our newly revised website, www.itcamefromradio.com. The archives will be up in a week or so. Check us out on such places as btd.radio, sci-fi.radio, indievolt.com, centraloregonradio.com. Check us out on our places such as Facebook, Instagram, YouTube page, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google, it came from the radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.